Finding Om, a podcast about life, spirituality, and mental well-being. For our fourth episode today, we have our first guest on the show. I'll be interviewing Nikita Rimal Sharma, the creative director here at Finding Om. She is also a published writer and poet, as well as a passionate mental health care worker. Did I mention she's my wife? Yes, she is. Nikita, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Glad to be here. Thank you for the invite. You're welcome. Awesome. So we have a topic to discuss today, which is acceptance and healing. But before we get into that, I was wondering if you could tell us just a little bit about the organization where you work. Yes. So I work at Be More Clubhouse, which is a mental health nonprofit organization based in Baltimore City. We work with adults living with the effects of mental illness, and we are a membership-based volunteer organization, which means anyone who joins as a clubhouse, they do so by choice, and they join as a member, which means they're a part of the team involved in running the clubhouse. Our daily work is to follow a structured work order day to run different units and tasks in the clubhouse like we run a usual office. And we do that by building relationships with each other, working as a team, and then focusing on what we can offer and what our strengths are. That gives everyone a chance to know themselves better, find out what they're good at, gain more confidence, work on their self-esteem, and eventually go back into the greater society and lead a meaningful life. What usually happens when you're diagnosed with mental illness is that you tend to focus on your weaknesses and your patient role a lot, and you kind of lose the sense of who you are as a person and what you can offer to the world at large. So that's where we come in and try to help our members find that part of themselves. Yeah, so it's a really cool place to work, and I could talk about it all day long. but I won't do that today. That's really interesting. I really like that team approach that you guys do. And it's really a very important organization, I think, in terms of filling a gap in mental health care where it comes to recovery and reintegration into society. And let's talk about that. Uh, What's your role in the organization? What do you do every day? So as a staff member, as per our clubhouse model, I play a generalist role which means I take part in the work order day and the different activities that goes into it in different ways and forms. On a day-to-day basis, I am based mostly in our membership unit, which focuses more on admin tasks, database, scheduling tours and orientations for prospective members, so on and so forth. But I also work with members on these tasks, get a chance to know them better, and try to help out with their goals such as employment, education, etc. That really is a comprehensive approach. I feel like you guys cover a lot of different aspects of the members' lives, which is great. I wanted to ask you about what you guys at the clubhouse did during the heights of the pandemic. I mean, before the vaccines were even close to being out. How did you help the clubhouse members get through that time period? Yeah, so navigating that time period was challenging for all of us. And for us, we are a direct service organization. So having to create a new system altogether was really challenging. We did work from home for about three months and then opened partially until April of this year. 
So usually at our clubhouse, we have daily meetings at 9.15 and 1. We change that to a conference call meeting every day at the same time. In addition to that, we focused on member needs during that time, which was a lot of help with food, community resources, and emotional support due to isolation and anxiety of the whole COVID thing. So we tried to do more in at-home reach-out visits, tried to stay in touch with phone, Facebook, texting, etc., and also brought some of our smaller committee meetings online. So it wasn't the best solution, but I do feel like we adapted well and tried to do the best we can considering everything. That's really awesome. It really sounds like you guys were a lifeline uh, for a lot of folks in the community, which is really great. I actually remember during that time, there was one time when you actually delivered a medication to one of the members that was a life-saving medication. And uh, so, yeah, that's really awesome. Thank you. So now on to the topic at hand, acceptance and healing. Can you tell us a little bit about that concept and why it's important? Sure, yeah. So I can't speak for everyone, but for myself, it's usually been the first helpful step. I've had my fair share of struggle with mental health, specifically depression and anxiety. And when I am going through a low time in my life, I usually the first step I think is to push through to keep going, try to get that off of my mind. But that never helps me. I just feel like I either don't feel better or get worse. So just giving myself the time to slow down and see what I'm feeling, where I'm at, lets me feel more free. And the problem doesn't go away at this step, but I feel like it's the most authentic step I can take to be able to cope with it or to get out of it. That's very interesting. I think you hit on a great point about just awareness, right? Awareness of how you're feeling at that time, just sitting with that emotion for a period of time and really, really understanding what it is uh, as being the first step. That's that's awesome. So how do you think we can get better at acceptance after awareness? So, yeah, like I said, we are usually more focused on rushing or thinking about the next step. That's I feel like how our brain is wired to at this moment. So kind of taking the opposite approach, which is slowing down, letting ourselves just sit with our breath and our feelings and then feel the depth of emotions, whether it's elation or just sadness or anger. And we can do that in our daily lives. We just, we don't have to set aside an hour to like sit and be like, oh, this is the time I'll feel my emotions. Um, <laughs> Uh, we can also do that while doing our chores like washing dishes or doing the laundry, going for a walk, uh, going for a run. So we can incorporate trying to be mindful of our feelings in our daily lives. That's beautiful. Uh, mindfulness aspect is, is really, really amazing. Have you seen acceptance and healing at work in the clubhouse setting? Yes, so I can't think of it from a member's perspective, but for my own work, I do utilize that a lot. But generally speaking, like sometimes days at the clubhouse can get really busy and hectic and there are a lot of things going on. 
and I feel overwhelmed and anxious, but my first instinct is to set those feelings aside and do everything by myself. And, you know, things don't usually go well that way. But if I slow down, acknowledge how I'm feeling and share it with members and staff, they usually step up and we get it done all together. And I feel like that's how the clubhouse should work anyway, on a day-to-day basis, finding genuine needs and working together to accomplish a goal. So I find myself being more effective in my job when I am aware. And of course, I'm not perfect, but, you know, this is something I'm working on and it seems to help. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I feel the same way. You know, I try to use the same principle in my day job and I try to remember I can only do one thing at a time, you know, and uh, just just handle it one task at a time. And Mm -hmm. at least that's how I can make my tasks a little bit more bite-sized and feel less overwhelmed. So one of the main roadblocks I've seen in folks when it comes to acceptance is the lens in which they view the world. So, So sometimes we look at life through the lens of pain and suffering we've had in the past, In other words, we let our own past experiences color our emotions now. How do you think we can get past this mental roadblock? That's a really good question. And yes, we all hold baggage of emotions and experience, and that makes navigating our current circumstances in life really hard. But I think this is where our personal responsibility and healing comes in. So by accepting our past and our current circumstances, we do need to work on letting go, forgiving ourselves and others. And I have had to re-script my childhood and my life in so many ways. There were a lot of circumstances and people in my childhood that were less than ideal. And I could spend the rest of my life blaming them for all that they did to me and letting that affect my life. But I could also re-script it to saying, yes, those were things that I had to go to and no, they were not easy and still are not easy to deal with. But if I hold on to that negativity, it'll take over my present life and I don't deserve to live the rest of my life in that way. Now, that's amazing. I feel like that's the key right there, what you mentioned. And I find the concept of re-scripting the life story so interesting. Like you said, sometimes we look back on life events very negatively, of course, especially when the life events were particularly challenging. But we can actually challenge ourselves to look back on events in a more positive light, uh, focusing on what good came out of those struggles and what we learned from those experiences. For me, just like, you know, the example you mentioned, it's helped me with things I've been through before. Uh, For instance, in the past, I would look back on my time as a child, you know, moving from Nepal to the United States, sort of feeling torn between two cultures and not fitting in. And uh, I'd look at this time sort of negatively, But later, I learned to look at events in a different light, and I was able to learn to take the positives from each culture and take them with me. So I can speak a language other than English. I learned what it was like being in two different education systems, things like that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I've, not the same, but I've had a similar experience with navigating two cultures as well, like from moving from Nepal to the United States at the age of 25. And there are so many other things that I've been able to re-script my life about, and that's been really helpful. Like, other thing for me has been learning to accept my body. 
So I've always been conscious of my flabby arms, think that my shoulders are too wide, so on and so forth. But just re-scripting it to being more grateful for all the things that my body can do has been really helpful. And I will say, I have been talking about accepting and changing lives and re-scripting. And when I share about my experiences, I do want to share that I acknowledge my privileges. I do have access to a lot of resources, a very supportive system of friends and family, and other circumstances that make it easier for me to navigate different resources and work on it, and not everybody gets the chance or the opportunity to do so. So I understand that. And I think that's why it's important for all of us to be kind to one another. Awesome. Yeah. I think uh, I need to do some of that acceptance for my flabby stomach as well. (laughs) And I totally agree about acknowledging our privileges. Uh, I feel the same way. I have access to a lot of resources and it really, you know, gives me the time and energy to work on things like acceptance, which not everybody has that time and energy and resources. So that's a really great point. So it seems like there are a few steps in the process. So first is awareness, uh, awareness of our emotions, awareness of pain and suffering, distress. Without being aware, we can't progress. And second is acceptance. I was reading about this actually on an online resource and it said, suffering is pain plus non-acceptance. So it makes a lot of sense because if we resist the pain without accepting it, our suffering increases, but acceptance helps us move on. What are some of the tools that you think are helpful in fostering awareness and acceptance? I think there are a lot of ways, but well, I'll talk about writing because I love writing and journaling is one of the ways that helps me keep in touch with my awareness. So I think I think in around 2016, I was going through a really rough patch with my depression. And then one day I sat down and made a list of all the things that I hate about my life. And there were a lot of things like ranging from we don't have a garden to I don't have those cute clothes to like deeper things like I don't feel like I have a purpose in life right now and so on and so forth. But what it made me realize is that the list of things are just things and I have every power to change the things that I don't like and that was really helpful. So I try to do that whenever I'm going through something hard, but writing may not be your cup of tea and that's okay. You can do it through many other ways like painting a picture, coloring, drawing, going for a walk or a run and trying to process your thoughts then and talking about it with a loved one that you trust and love and who understands you. And then most importantly, I think if you can, even seeking professional support to go through that, I think would be very helpful. Yeah, I really love all the tools that you mentioned, and uh, I think you use words very beautifully. And could you actually tell the listeners where to find some of your writing if they're interested? Thank you. That's a really good compliment. I think I get more out of writing than writing gets out of me. Um, Mm. But if you're interested, I do try to post on Instagram once in a while. My handle is Nikita.PlayWithWords. And you can also go to Yellow Arrow Publishing to get access to some of the places in which my journals and poems have been published. Thank you. And, you know, you mentioned uh, professional support before as well. And I just wanted to throw in 
uh, a blurb which I've done on the podcast before for a free resource called psychologytoday.com. If you go there, you can find therapists or psychiatrists. You basically just punch in your zip code and at the next screen you select your insurance and you'll actually find psychiatrists and or therapists who are accepted by your insurance and your zip code and you can go from there. Well, this has been a really fantastic conversation. I really appreciate you coming onto the podcast so we can have this discussion. And uh, also, congrats on being the first guest on the Finding Home podcast. It's my pleasure. Awesome. All right, folks, that's it for episode four. That was Nikita Rimal Sharma, our first guest on the show, and certainly more to come in the future. As always, check out our website at findingom.org for more information about what we do. If you'd like to collaborate with us, send an email to info at findingohm.org. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I know many things in this world compete for your attention, and I truly appreciate you giving us a listen. Hope you have a great week, and until next time, friends.